Okay, Stephen H., thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. And I uh, appreciate it. And we'll turn the meeting over to you. Well, hello, everybody. And uh, first time here. Glad to be here. Free thinkers. Well, I'm not sure what that is, but it's good to be able to think for free. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just start my story. And it started uh, 1955 when I was born. Uh, let me see now. I was adopted when I was a year and a half. I was in 11 foster homes in the first year and a half of my life. Uh, my mother was Scottish, and she was married to another family and came to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and uh, met a fellow from Germany who had a family back in Germany. And uh, he had two kids, and she had three. And they uh, hung out for about two years, and then they each went back to their families. And that's pretty well all I know about my blood parents. Uh, my mother, uh, uh, let me see, my, I call her my mother, um, my one that adopted me at a year and a half. Um, her and my dad did, couldn't have kids, so I was the first to be adopted. Um, loving family. Uh, she was a teacher. My dad was in uh, the oil business. Uh, not that we were loaded. We were a medium family. But it was a, a loving couple that I was uh, brought into. Brought up Catholic. Went to church every Sunday. I always, probably about four or five years old, there was something about me that I knew was not exactly right. I could lie. I was dishonest. This is at a very young age. And uh, all the way up till 12 years old, it progressed. And uh, I'm talking about, uh, let me see, I think it was like eight years old, getting uh, the neighbor kid who was younger than me to go into his dad's wallet, steal some money. I'd give him a quarter and then I'd keep the rest. Just little stuff like that for little kids is pretty heavy duty. Um, let me see. I, I'm going to go, you know, to me, that the first from being born, being adopted, and then to 12 years old, it was, it, it was good. I was given everything, but there was just something out of whack with me. I don't know what it was. And it doesn't really matter because I'm an alcoholic and drug, drug addict anyway. 12 years old is when the shit hit the fan, let's call it that. Um, I was downstairs rooting through the drawers of some desk and that, and I pulled out four adoption papers. And one was me and the other were my uh, two sisters and my brother. And uh, I was the oldest. Sister was a year younger two years younger for my brother and then four years younger for my other sister. Put them at the dinner table that night, put each one in front of each other. My mom and dad sat down. And I said, so what's this mom and dad? Were we adopted? And the, their, the look was like, Oh my God. What? And they said, we were going to tell you about that. Stephen, when you were a little bit older, 
Well, I, the next day I went to school. I told everybody that I was adopted. My brothers and sisters were adopted. And I think I was fighting everybody for the next month or two months for my brothers and sisters and me because kids can be pretty mean, I guess. Um, anyway, from that moment, I now know all this now. I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I didn't feel loved, uh, even though my parents did did love me. To, you know, I'm not blaming them. Uh, and I went off the rails, if you want to call it that. And I started drinking. And I started doing uh, speed methamphetamines with the needle at 12. I remember in grade seven going home at lunch hour and uh, doing doing uh, speed and then going back to school. Um, I hung around with the kids that were like three, four years older, people in high school. I'm in grade seven, eight. Um, there was no drug pro, uh, programs or anything back then. Uh, the vice principal, I don't know what happened. I guess we got too stoned one time, and I, I, I told him that, uh, yeah, I'm a drug addict. I, I hit uh, speed and everything. Well, he had me and my buddy from the high school. We'd go to, to school, and the parents would come in and look at us. We were like two rats in a cage or something, and they're going, what do you mean, drugs? And, what are you doing? So it was like education for the parents. It was very, all very strange. And uh, I dropped out of school at uh, grade nine, and I just went right across the street and started selling drugs. Um, let me see. I, I OD'd on the, the hard stuff. I was 10 years being a speed freak. And uh, booze, I remember buying a bottle or buying uh, – a beer and putting it there and sit there for two days until we ran out of the, the drugs. And then we just drink that because it, it helped with our downs coming down off of the ship. 22. Let me see. 18. I got married, had a child just before I got married. I guess that'd be a shotgun wedding. Uh, 22 years old. I stopped doing the hard stuff. And now I'm just drinking and smoking dope. And doing some cocaine and LSD and stuff, and I was okay. Everything was okay now. And I'm not going to go into what the life was like. I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, basically, it's like drinking, like doing dope or whatever. It's all the same. If, if I had something to drink, I'd want some dope. If I had some dope, I'd want some drink, whatever. And we all have our DOC. Drug of choice, whether it be alcohol or drugs. Anyway, 28 years old. My daughter is now, I think she's probably about eight, nine, ten, ten years old. And I'm 28. And another episode happened, and the wife is yelling and screaming at me. Either phone AA or get the fuck out. And I phoned AA. And they talked to me on the phone. And they showed up at my door, two guys, that night and took me to a meeting. And I did 90 meetings, 90 days. And there was no Zoom. It was all, you go. So there was a meeting on the way to the meeting. And there was a meeting on the way home from the meeting. So I guess that's, that's somewhat like Zoom, too, because you can go to so many. But uh, I was there for seven years. Seven years. 
and uh, my life did change. It was pretty good. But, you know, I now know that I never did the steps. I did step one. I did step 12. And I guess pretended to do two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Because I went back out and I just stopped going to meetings, stopped talking to my sponsor. And the next thing you know, I was going to be the first alcoholic to go out there and be a social drinker. So away I went. I had one beer. I didn't touch one for a week. And uh said, hey, that's pretty good. So I bought a, a six-pack, and I think I had two beers the next week. And on, three weeks later, I think I finished off the six-pack. Then I started buying 24s, and I was just right where I was before. There was no stopping me. Away I went. Uh I can go in and tell you about all the things. I should have died many times. I've been under a transport truck in a car, and the front end came back out. This is all while we're going, probably about 80 miles an hour. Car came back out. Another car hit me, spun me around, just missed the transport, went by. Another car, Brett, and I got out, and, I, and I'm there. Not, not a scratch on me. Uh let me see, drug deals, all that kind of, I've had a gun at my head, thing that pulled the trigger right through a garage, uh, knives out, chains, all that stuff. And as I say, there's a, you know, I lived that life. Um, it, it was all I knew from very young age, especially growing up with uh, older people than my age. When I was 12 years old, I got a bunny rabbit tattooed on my arm with a beer smoking a joint 12 years old back in 1967 and i went home to the dinner table and my parents i i just i just think oh my parents man what did i put them through you know but now i know how much they love me and i love them and man was i ever lucky I, i'm so grateful that everything happened to me exactly the way it happened or else I wouldn't be here right now talking to all you people. Um, so, okay, now we're the marriage, okay. Seven years I was in, broke up with my wife while I was in that seven years, went my own way, and went back out. And I, all I can say is I was definitely a bar fly. That's what I like to call it. For, for 30 years I went back out, 30 years I have a tab at the bar. I'd eat down there. I'd drink there every day. And all the stuff that goes with it. Uh, I didn't love myself, so I really couldn't love anybody else. Uh, I didn't trust anybody. Um, I figured if everybody would just do what I tell them to do, man, the world would be a better place, don't you know? You know? And... You know, I look back at it all, and it, it was my life. And, and when I I think of it, I'm going, holy shit, man. Are you ever lucky to be alive? There's some purpose for me still being here. Um, and I, I remember my first time talking. I went on and on and on and on. I think I was up there for like 40 or 50 minutes, and I hadn't gotten past the drunk lock. But I guess that happens to a lot of people when they first talk, you know. 
because that's all you really know, you know? And uh, with that being said, I came in last time, right in the middle of COVID. I had retired two years previously. I had a fridge full of beer. I had 60-pounder vodka and Crown Royal. And there's no problem with getting the booze. Uh, I grew marijuana. I had seven-foot plants. When I quit smoking dope, I threw out two pounds of personal weed. And you know where I put it? I had a place where I put all the cat litter and the dog shit. I got cats and dogs. I, I, when, when I came to decide, okay, I'm quitting, I, I sprinkled it all over there. So if I wanted to go get a joint, man, I'm going to have to take it out of the shit and actually roll it and smoke it. But uh, same with my when, – when I went to quit, I'm out back, the same place as this. For some reason, I got up that day, and I just knew that I was dying. I don't know what it was. There was no tragic thing. The wife was not telling me to quit. Nobody was. I just couldn't, you know, when they say sick and tired of being sick and tired, that was me. And I was feeling I was losing it mentally. I really was. I, I Like fear overwhelmed me. I am dying right now. If I don't do something about this, it's not going to be long. It might be a couple of months. It might be. It's going to be within a year is what was going through my mind. I went out back. I look up at the sky. It's not like I was religious or God or anything, but that's what I did. And I just said to myself, I have to quit. And I think that's what they mean when you go to um, AA. The seed is planted the first time you go. And you know that you can never go back out there and get away with it like you used to. Because you know that there is somewhere where you can go for help. If it gets that bad. And that that's how I'm going to, that's how I describe my spiritual awakening or whatever it's called. I just knew it. I went to the fridge. I dumped out all my beer. I put them in the back of the shed, the empty cans, and I peed on them for a week. I got my bottle of vodka and rye and everything else in the house, poured it down the sink. <sighs> then I went, oh no, what have I done? Oh God. But, you know, I stuck with it. There was no AA happening. There was nothing happening. It was right in the middle of COVID. Uh, everything was closed. And my wife, her cousin, had 31 years in, in AA. She said, give Billy a call, man. So that's what I did the first month or so. I, I was calling Billy. I go out to my truck there, and I'm in the truck for an hour, two hours, just talking to him and uh, – that got me through. About a month in, an old buddy from grade school called. Yeah, hey, I, I heard you quit drinking, Steve. I said, I, I got I got a drinking problem myself. I, I'm going to do something when I retire in a year or so. And uh, he was drinking a 40 a day. And uh, he would put that 40 into little Mickey's in case he spilt one. That's how hard, like, that's how he was as far as his drink i was never that bad but um anyway he would phone me up now all of a sudden i'm talking to him this guy who's still drinking from newfoundland and kept me sober many times i wanted to go down get some, go to the beer store or liquor store but i wouldn't because i man what's that, uh, what's the 
Boots is his name, his nickname. What's Boots going to do without me if I go drinking? So all these little things got me through. I got another sponsor. He was my drug dealer when I was 12 years old. He had 24 years in AA. So now I had these, and I'm in my truck talking to these people. Now AA opened in the summer for one week. If it's God, it's odd. If it's odd, it's God. I don't know. I've heard that before at meetings. All of a sudden, AA's open. All right, hey, I'm going. Go there. Get four numbers. I asked, who's got the most uh, sobriety here? One guy, I got 31 years. I said, can you be my sponsor? He said, sure. Next week, it's closed. It was only open one week. I'm going, and I, I got his number. I said, yeah, how are you doing? Are you? Yeah. So I'm talking to him. He says, go on Zoom, man. There's tons of me. I said, what's Zoom? I didn't know what Zoom was. He come over to my house. He showed me Zoom. And he says, start going to meetings. Well, I went to probably about 10 meetings a week back then. And I go to the review every night. That's seven days a week. And uh, it's page uh, 86 of the big book, Reviewing Your Day. And that's where this group comes from. And it's all anonymous. It's so good. Uh, you have all all people there. And uh, anyway... I'm still going to 10 to 15 meetings a week, not because I have to, because I want to now. It taught me how to live this new life that I've been given. And I think back, coming coming in the second time, now I'm 66 years old, and I'm coming in after 30 years, and I had seven years in, and I'm going, oh, God, I better not tell anybody about being in here for seven years they're going to, everybody's going to go out drinking because of me. Oh, man, how sick was I, eh? So, I hung around. I tried to keep my mouth shut. As you can see, I'm real shy, eh? So, you can imagine me yakking away about nothing, not knowing anything of what I'm talking about. And uh, I, I just started... I don't know. I, I go to a meeting and there'd always be something there that I needed to hear. Or all of a sudden there'd be one word or there'd be one line. And I always had a sponsor. So far I've had five sponsors. Two of them have died. And I still have the three, the other three. I, I don't believe in firing sponsors. I believe in keeping them. And I saw my uh, third sponsor tonight at an in-person meeting. And this is the first time I've gone to an in-person meeting tonight in probably about two, two, three months. So I do a lot of Zooming. And uh, they all know about each other. Like, I've, I've got no secrets in my life, you know. And uh, it, it's I had to learn how to live. And I called it at the beginning the AA way. Because I had 47 years of drinking and drugging. Uh, and I call it, I had 47 years of being an asshole, basically. And I had to learn how not to be an asshole. And one person at a meeting said to me earlier on, he says, you know, you know what to do? Whatever you think about doing, do the opposite. So I tried it. And it was really hard to do. And some guy cut me off and waved at him. I kept 
going about my business. And it felt weird, man. But you know something? I did that a few times. I started doing that. It got easier and easier. And then I'm, went, oh, yeah, I almost skipped God or higher power or creator or universe or whatever you want to call it. Catholic, 12 years, go to church, left the church, don't believe in God. My God hates my guts, man. I got so many mortal sins, cardinal sins on my soul. I'm going to hell. Now I come into here and they say, hey, uh, yeah, got to find a higher power or something. And uh, I tried everything, but I, I, I really like the one with uh, my higher power is a doorknob. So I tried that one out for a while, and then I sort of felt like a doorknob. Going, yeah, okay, no, I don't think God or higher power is a doorknob, but I can see you You turn the doorknob and it opens the crack, and I don't know, you, you grasp something. So I've tried, I, I, I've wrestled with that, wrestled with that. I'm coming up to 25 months clean and sober now. Uh, and I've wrestled with the higher power, and all that stuff. Now, after 25 months of going, I, I started going to uh, step meetings, how to do the 12 steps. And I went Tuesday and Thursdays. And it was the AA steps. And uh, it was a good guy there. He was like a teacher, but fuck, man, he didn't, he didn't uh, take any shit from anybody. And he knew what he was talking about. You know, you'd ask a question about this and he'd go, Steve, turn to page 47 and go to the third paragraph down. Read that for us, please. It would answer the question that I just asked him. He says, everything I'm going to teach you here is in the big book in the 12 and 12. And uh, it's not my opinion. It's in the book. And I believe that I don't know for sure, but I think he was a teacher in real life. And uh, it was just amazing. It was a great way for me to, and, and if you were full of shit, he, he'd, he'd tell you you were full of shit uh, in the nicest way possible. Put it that way. Us alcoholics, uh, we don't like to be told anything. But So he was put in my path, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Um, yes, we've got the first day and the first month and six months in a year and we've got that time frame of what it's like and all the struggles and am I ever going to make it and, and you know one day at a time you make it on through and another thing I was told at the beginning share even if you don't want to share make yourself share it's going to feel uncomfortable don't worry about it when you go up to share don't even think about what you're going to share. Tonight, I didn't have anything. Well, I thought I was speaking, and then I wasn't. There was no feelings in me of, oh, oh God, I'm not speaking. To no, I'm either speaking or I'm not. It's going to happen right at this second, or it's not. And I go with the flow, and I just share. And uh, that's all I have to offer. I've got my what happened to me, my story. and. I don't think you could make up a story with mine, like mine, just like I could make up a story like yours. And I don't even know what your story is, but I, I just keep living my life 
one day at a time right now. And I had to learn how to do that. So first day to one year, I call that an episode. And it's, wow, did I ever work hard? Oh, I made it. I got my one year. Fantastic. And then someone there going, oh, great, Steve. Great. Now the work's really going to start. I go, what? What do you mean it's going to really start? You know how hard I worked to get here? Oh, you just wait. I know what they mean now that I'm all going into my third year. I know what they mean, but you know something? Second year from year one to year two. Yes, it's hard and all that. But you have all these tools now to use to get through them all. And now I've been given this tool belt with all this AA stuff and uh, NA and all the info that I got in my first year. And I'm trying things. I'm starting to get an open mind. And I'm doing things that I don't want to do. But I've got this far. So why not give it a try? And I did. And I go to secular. I go to the, I call them the religious people. Those are the ones that uh, the Bible verses come out in meetings and stuff. Uh, I'm Catholic, never read the Bible in my life. Um, I go to the review, which is all addictions. Fantastic. I go to um, a woman's meeting and they're mostly lesbians and they let the guys in Monday to uh, let me see, Sunday to Friday, and then Saturday, we're not allowed to go. But wow, those are all meetings that I have picked, and they have what I want, what I need. Maybe not what I want. Yeah, what I want now, because I picked them, and they give me what I need. And that's all aspects of getting well. Uh, you know, I, I'm not... I, I'm not just in one category. I'm in all. And I started my own meeting. Let me see. It's been about three or four months now. We're called the 12 Steppers, 12 Stepping Addictions. And uh, I started my own meeting. Now, when I say my own meeting, it's not my meeting because there's people there. Uh, my buddy Dennis is there. He's got third, coming up to 30 years. We've got people there with 10 years. We've got people there with uh, two days. We got people there with six months, eight months, wide selection of people. And uh, we go through the steps. Just it, In fact, I took, when I went to those meetings back um, in my first year, um, I got the syllabus from uh, the, the fellow I was telling you about, the teacher. And I follow his format. And uh, I, I'm nowhere like near what he was, but. I hand, I hand the meeting over to everybody that's there that comes on a regular basis. And uh, I'll throw the chair at them to do it. And, and I'll sit back and get to And uh, it's, it's, it's really started to go really good, um, better than how I thought it would. Because it's not me. It's all of us. And we're growing now. I think we had 15 people at the last meeting. And we were getting anywhere from seven to 10 for a while. And uh, now we're going, but it's not the numbers. I've gone to a meeting with Dennis. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine in the program. And there was only him and I there. He said, so, okay, let's have a meeting. What a meeting. I, I had a one hour with Dennis. And he had one hour with me. 
And uh, it, was, it was one of the best meetings I ever went to, you know. And uh, so here I am, and I, I'm just broadening my my sense of everything, of recovery, of all different types of recovery, um, and and just just keeping an open mind and going uh, going with the flow. Uh, my daughter and my granddaughter moved in. My granddaughter is two two years old and three months. So I got a little baby coming around. Papa, Papa. Wow. Is that ever cool? I got my daughter here. I know she's safe now. Um, my wife of 24 years, well, 23, is still with me. She only knew, we only knew each other. The first 21 years was me drinking and using. So she's only known me for 25 months. And it was a little real rough at the very beginning. And then now she's one of those normies, eh? Doesn't go, you know, she can have a little bit of wine and leave it. Doesn't go near drugs. And now that, I guess now that she sees, hey, she's starting to trust me. We're st- we have a relationship. We, we always knew we loved each other, but now we're building uh, on us, uh, on just getting to know each other and liking each other, and uh, man, I got a lot of, a lot of really good things happening. And today, I can call my higher power God. I can call him higher power Creator, Universe, whatever, or not at all. If you don't believe in God, that's okay. It's all right. I'll hang with you. <laughs> you get some some people that believe in God. They don't. Oh well. God, you're going to hell, so I'll, I'll see you later. I can't really hang around with you. But uh, anyway, I, I'm all for anything as long as it, it, it gets you to where you're not drinking or drugging anymore, man. All the more power to you. And I don't know how long I'm supposed to go on. I forgot to set my timer. But thank you very much for letting me speak. Thank the lady that was supposed to show up here to speak for not being here because then now she has to do the fifth and I'm, and I've done this one, but thank you very much. And I'll, I'll come back. Oh, repeat my poem. Oh, okay. It's called us. How many times do we go through the pain and just put it off that we're only insane? It's like hitting a wall for no reason at all. Feeling was there, so why should I care? The damage we do without even a thought. We're quick to criticize and easily bought. For that is your life, you know no other way. Drown out your blues for another day. Have you ever begun and got scared just to finish? You know how to start, but the rest will diminish. You're so shallow and weak, you look for an out. How do you live with yourself and your doubt? No need to answer, we've heard it before. Follow us now and walk through the door. Just sit and listen, we'll talk about us. You're not alone anymore, and help is a must. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Steve H., appreciate it.